This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Welcome to the 100th episode of Deluxe Edition. I am your host, Casey Shearer. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, L. Ray Sexton. What's going on, Casey? Not too much, buddy. This is our 100th episode celebration. Yay! Yes, sir. Congratulations to you. Uh, Thank you, buddy. Yeah, you've, you've been a big, big, big part of it, man. Yeah, I've been on like four episodes now, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun, but uh, all the credits goes to you because you've been here for all 100, I believe. Uh, I missed one. One. There was one. Yeah, there was one I missed. Yes. Uh, Do we have to do this next week? This is technically only my 99th episode. No, no. Deluxe edition (laughs) is on its hundredth. So this counts. All right. Okay. All right. I have something to show you and uh, everyone else here. Some of our previous guests have put together a little something for us. So let's take five minutes out of the show here since it is our hundredth episode and, uh, and check this out. Nice. I just wanted to congratulate you, Deluxe Edition. You guys rock on your 100th episode. I'd be drinking champagne right now, but I don't have any in the house. So later, I'm going to go and drink a drink to you. I want to say thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for 100 episodes for the public. But I could come back at any point in time for the next 100. Thanks, guys, so much and many congratulations. Hey, everybody. John Schneider here. I wanted to say congratulations to Deluxe Edition for making it to your 100th podcast. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Hey, Greg here. Gregory Scott Cummins. I want to give a huge shout out to Casey and Ray at Deluxe Edition for coming up on their 100th episode and counting. These guys are amazing. They're very funny. They're extremely talented and it's extremely entertaining. You got to watch. Congratulations, guys. So everybody out there, check them out. Oh, um, if you don't, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. I'm serious. Hi, this is Ed Begley. Happy 100th episode for Deluxe Edition. I've been on before, and I'm going to be on again. Great show. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Hello, hello. It's Michael Campion. Hope you guys are going out and celebrating your 100th episode. That's awesome. I remember when I had a podcast, I couldn't make it past episode 5. So, keep doing the good stuff. Maybe I'll come on again. That'd be awesome. See you guys. What's going on, everybody? This is J.D. Slackert, the author of Darling, You're Not Alone. 
And I just wanted to wish my friends over at the Deluxe Edition podcast a huge congratulations on their 100th episode. You guys are amazing. I love being on your show and I really cannot wait to come back. Um, but just only sending you guys the best uh, wishes, love and support. And uh, can't wait to see more episodes soon. What is going on? Casey and Ray. It's Peter Anthony from Peter Anthony Productions. Just want to say congratulations on your 100th episode. It's amazing. I just started my little podcast, and I can't imagine being at 100 episodes. Not only that, but the channel, how many people you support, how many successful podcasts you guys have under you. So just want to say congratulations so much again for hitting 100 episodes. Hopefully you'll have me back on soon. All right? Congrats again. Hey there, Casey. From one centenarian to another, I tip my hat to you. Congratulations on your 100th episode. Here's to you guys. <laughs> hey, Casey, how you doing? That's Larry Hankin. Yeah, I just got your message about uh, you, you know, doing the 100th uh, episode of uh, Deluxe Edition. That's really terrific. It's great. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have time to send you uh, anything. Uh, congratulations or whatever. Uh, so I'm just sending you this uh, to tell you that I can't, uh, I, I can't fit you in. So I'll catch you on uh, number 200 of Deluxe Edition, okay? So, but thanks uh, for thinking of me. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later. I just can't fit it in right now. So I'm sending you this to let you know. Just a heads up. Okay. I'll see you at number 200. Bye. Hey, it's Dave from IAPRadio.com. Congratulations on your 100th episode. That's quite a process right there. 100 whole episodes. Woo! Congratulations, guys. Hey, this is Marcus Buff Bagwell, and I wanted to say congratulations to Deluxe Edition on their 100th episode. Way to go, guys. Go get them. Remember, I'm Buff, but you're the stuff. <laughs> Here we are, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 1313 Linden, where it all began two decades ago. In fact, over two decades ago. The greatest tag team in professional wrestling Beauty was born. And the Beast. Love Bug, Martial Law, Slim Trim 185, Every Woman's Fantasy, Every Criminal's Nightmare. Tell them, Big Daddy. From here, we've gone from Maine to Mexico, from Washington to Key West. We've held tag team titles all over the United States. And all of that pales in comparison. To Casey and Ray, 100 episodes of Deluxe Edition. Deluxe Edition, Casey and Ray, one of the better podcasts around. Not the best. One of the better. One of the better. And you know how I know that? How do you know? Exactly. <laughs> how uh, awesome was that, man? That's amazing. Pretty cool, right? That is awesome. Uh, I just want to take a minute here to thank everyone who took time out of their day to film something and send it to us. And for you for putting that whole thing together, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool and, and very special. I got goosebumps watching it here again. Um, I hit a lot of those from Ray, so he only m yeah. maybe saw one or two of those. Um, so yeah, it was, that was uh, really cool for everyone to do that. 
Uh, we appreciate it, and thank you again. And uh, here's to another hundred, Ray. Yeah, so, okay, let's do three. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Now for the house cleaning. Yep. Got to get right back into business. Just keep rolling. We are a part of the Deluxe Edition Network. You can find all of the other great shows over at deluxeeditionnetwork.com, like the podcast of the month, Bev's Video Kingdom. Great friends of mine out in California, and uh, make sure you vote for them or us or any of the other podcasts uh, in the Denny Awards, deluxeeditionnetwork.com slash the Denny's. We are also over on Instagram and Twitter at Deluxe Edition Pod. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash deluxe edition pod. And what will they get over on Patreon, right? Uh, they get the unedited version of every podcast we record. That means you get the pregame, you get the postgame, you get the fuck-ups in between. And you get yeah. it right away. You don't have to wait a week. Yep, immediately. And you can find all of our previous shows over at deluxeedition.show. And if you'd like to support the show a little more, go to whatamaneuver.net slash collection slash deluxe dash edition and get a couple t-shirts over there. And we are also sponsored by getslicks.com. You can go over there and grab a hat like Ray has right there or a winter hat. It's still cold in a lot of parts of the uh, the world. Springtime, baby. A knit hat t-shirt hoodie something like that and ray we also have a new sponsor sunday scaries go over to sundayscaries.com and use promo code deluxe 15 and get yourself a 15 percent discount sundayscaries.com we all get nervous before things two of these will do the trick so sundayscaries.com use promo code Deluxe 15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. And Ray, where can people find you, bud? I am the 10 Cent Bear Night Podcast. You can find me on Spotify exclusively. I think I have like one or two episodes over there. It's pretty good. It's a lot to listen to. You know, it's like 10 minutes each. No, I got more than that. But uh, you can also come over to Facebook and Instagram and hang out with me there. Leave comments, good, bad, ugly. I don't care. Just come hang out because I get credit for the comment, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, go check out Ray. And don't forget to vote for your favorite podcast over on deluxeeditionnetwork.com slash the Denny's. And you can vote every day. So be sure to do yeah, that. Multiple times. Oh, yeah. You can do so that. So if too. you like Deluxe Edition and you'd like to help us win the belt, you know, keep it here. Go to work tomorrow and just vote over and over and over until your boss goes, what are you doing? And you look them dead in the eye and you say, I'm voting on the Denny's and you're going to sit down next to me and you're going to do it too. So let's keep the belt home. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it. Let's keep it home. I want to send it to Ray so Ray can scratch his name into it. All right, here's our interview with the great Scott Schwartz. 
All right, brother. So, uh, hey, bef- you know, before we get into the stuff that we want to talk to you about, any updates on uh, Mr. Lawler lately? He's doing fine. Doing Great. fantastic. I talked to him last week and uh, talked to him again the next couple of days. But uh, not he's out and about and shopping and going to Hooters and, <laughs> you know, he's 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 going to be fine. Although, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to make mania this year you know it's being only a couple weeks away yeah um and it being you know california because uh, that's that's a for him it's a non non-day four or five day gig oh yeah you know and uh you know i i, I don't think he's going to be out here which you know i mean i miss seeing him so i would have loved to have seen him out here but uh you know i'll end up just going to memphis or you know whatever the case may be but Thumbs sure. up. He's gonna be all right. Great. Are you gonna are you gonna be at uh, Mania this year? No. No. <laughs> it. It's just not the same product. I, I don't have. You know. I, I just. I, I don't have the love. For the characters. You know. I'm not saying it's bad product. It's just not what I love, you know, not the, the way that it, you know, I watch it a little bit here and there. It's like, eh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do want to talk wrestling with you a little bit. Uh, I saw you on the Mickey James podcast. The reason, Victorious, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason that we're, that we're having you here is you were on our very first episode and this is our 100th episode. So it uh, thought it would be very fitting to have you back again. Um, and we did talk a little wrestling the first time that we had you on. So I know that you used to pick guys up at the airport and things like that um, mm-hmm. back in the 80s and, you know, run a little ring crew. But you mentioned on on that uh, podcast with Mickey that you were basically treated the same way that she was when you were sent packing. What what did you mean by that? Did they ship you a, a Oh, box? no, 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 no. No, I uh, when I stopped working for them, I just because I. I was moving. I, I'd left New Jersey and came to LA. Um, but uh, no, I, uh, oh God, I was at mania and uh, everything was fine. You know, this was in Florida uh, at the Orlando one. And um, I guess I rubbed Carano the wrong way, you know, just in something I said or whatever it was. Um. And we were at the bar after the Hall of Fame, you know, and I guess I just said something wrong, you know, I rubbed in the wrong way, whatever. And uh, I went to Raw and uh, long story short, I mean, I got there and I was escorted in, you know, I sent a text message. Hey, I'm here. Come, you know, whatever. And I would go and I get my pass and all that stuff. And uh, about a half an hour later, you know, security guy comes over and he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm visiting, you know. You know, the McMahon family has always said I can come and, you know, be a part of the events and whatever. And he's like, well, times change. And uh, I got escorted from the building. And uh, it was very, very strange in what happened and how it happened. And um, I was up in Connecticut a couple of weeks later and um, I was going to see uh, Howard. Finkel. And he's like, uh, he called me up. Literally, I'm around the corner from the building. And I'm like, what's up? You know, I said, 
couple minutes away, I'll be there. No, no, you can't come. There's a lot of heat. A lot of heat on you. Heat from what? So as it was explained to me um, by the security guy, actually, first, um, when I was getting my pass, I had a magazine in hand. And somebody told him I was in the back getting autographs <laughs> on my magazine. And I said, well, that, that would, that would, that would be great. Uh, unfortunately though, the, the magazine I left in the office, it was from 1963 at Buddy Rogers on the cover. It was a gift for Triple H for Paul. <laughs> be getting autographs on an old magazine. No, I don't think so. <laughs> then I was told, then he said to me, well, you know, somebody said that you snuck in the building. <laughs> oh, what, how do I sneak in the building if I have a pass? Right. Did I sneak into the, you know, into the office and find the pass where they were? I didn't have, you know, whatever. Um, it was a bunch of BS that Carano had made up to have me ixnade. I'd done nothing, you know. And I was told that during the weekend, uh, I was standing with Mark Henry and he was playing with my little doggy and, uh, how to go to a little boy's room. Well, if you went down the hallway, the door right before the little boy room was the, 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 uh, the goodie bag room. Somebody said I went into the goodie bag room. No, I went down the hallway to go to the bathroom. Well, yeah. like thinking that you were stealing, stealing stuff. What the hell? Of course, there's somebody there. Yeah. Yeah. There's somebody at the door, you know, and you have to, to have you know credentials to walk in and all that it was a bunch of bs hmm. you know but it was all carano's doing that sucks man yeah so That's i haven't gone to an event since then you know i wouldn't fuck them i wouldn't yeah well, it's, listen they didn't do it Not one yet. guy did yeah. it you know and well, uh, still, i mean it makes you it makes you you know, it makes you look bad because that guy's saying that you did shit that you didn't do. Exactly. Exactly. That sucks, man. How about uh, AEW? Have you been watching? Have you caught on at any AEW? I've tried. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, the guys are trying. In order for me to really want to watch something, I've got to I've got to love something about it. And I'm just not there with the characters yet. You know, you know sure. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not saying it's not a good product. I've just got to be invested in it. Sure. You know, sometimes I watch it oh, once in a while, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, the announcer, Justin, and I have been friends for forever. Some of that are over there. And it's just like, maybe someday, you know. You yeah. Know, just, uh. You know, I'll watch the network. I'll watch the old stuff, and I'll, I'll enjoy the guys that I've always enjoyed. Sure, yeah. You the know? network, the the WWE network. That's, I mean, it's there's so much good stuff on there. Like I, I know that you were a WWF kid growing up. So was I. So now, like, to be able to go back and watch all the old uh, Dusty Road stuff that's on the network, like from the WCW days, like, and the Ric Flair from the NWA. That stuff's awesome. I love going back and watching that stuff. I grew up in central New Jersey, so I had WWF. That's all I had. You yeah. know, yeah, I guess I had TBS, so I could have watched W, you know, CW 
or you know. Uh, but it was like I'll give you an example, Bischoff. Okay. I had always seen him as just a overblown child with a with a real attitude. And you know, I'm not like, who is this guy? Because I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything he you know. And uh, you know, when I first met him, you know, on, on the set of Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling, <laughs> you know. He was just an arrogant human being, you know, who I had zero respect for because I knew nothing really about him. Sure. He was just a putz, basically. <laughs> um, and then in the years that I got to know all the stuff and what he had, what he created and co-created and how he made it all happen and uh, gave me a lot more respect for him. So then, you know, seeing him, again and again over the years, you know, we've had chats and this and that, you know, and then, and, and we've had our own uh, uh, discussions about each other. You know, <laughs> I thought you were an asshole. I thought you this. And I, I said, well, you know, listen, what do you think? I thought of you, you know, whatever, but uh, to, to find, you know, good common ground and, you know, had a, uh, you know, a lot more fun appreciating the stuff that he did for the industry sure. you know, as a whole, because of the network. And he, listen, haven't been to an event in how many years now? Whatever it's been, four or five years, six, you know, whatever. But you know what? I still pay my five bucks a month and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, man. I could talk wrestling with you all night, but uh, let's <laughs> let's move on to uh, – I want to talk a little bit about the toy. You Boy, that's toy a switch. With, with, <laughs> yeah, right? <clears throat> with uh, Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. Amazing movie, man. I just watched it the other night, and – Ray and I run this podcast network called the Deluxe Edition Network, and I'm always trying to get... There's a bunch of different movie podcasts on the network, and I'm always trying to get them to do movies that I like to review and talk about movies that I uh, that I like, you know? And mm-hmm. some of those movies include The Toy and Blazing Saddles, and these are two movies that people, they're, they're, they're afraid to talk about. They're afraid to talk about the toy because a lot of people think that it's, you know, a racist movie going back and watching it the other day. It's, it's not, it's a, it's a really, and I, when I looked on rotten tomatoes, I'm pissed. This movie only gets a 3% on rotten tomatoes. That's bullshit. Like, cause I know people that will not watch movies because of a rotten tomato number. So, Missing out on it that I have again, you, you think of things and how to explain things over the years. And it was only till a couple of years ago, really, that the you know, somebody had mentioned, oh, it's Rachel and this and that and whatever. And I really thought about the film and what it was and what it entailed and the plot and the whole thing. And I said, well, hang on a minute. I said, if I could explain to you that the toy and a Christmas story are the same movie in 30 seconds, would you go with me on this? And they said, sure, I got to hear it. I said, absolutely. Okay. Father, son, father and a son. Okay. Christmas story. Ralphie wants his, B- he wants the BB gun. He wants his father to love, care and respect him. The toy. The kid wants love, care, and respect from his father. It's the same thing. It's just how you get there. 
the toy we use is retire Christmas. At the end of the movie, what happens? The father loves the son, has respect for the son. Everybody is happy, whatever. Richard is just different because of the black person, white person. If you get into that perspective of it, you know, and that's not how any of us looked at it. You know, were there jokes? Of course, everybody's going to make jokes. But they're the same movie. It's just a relationship film. And and what you use to get from A to Z, that's all that it is. You know, people, oh, it's the slavery thing. I'm like, if that's what you got out of this movie, you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you were, you know, you were 14 at the time, but you were only nine, supposed to be nine in the movie. Yeah. As a nine-year-old kid, you don't even know what racism is. So exactly, you know, you want you wanted Richard Pryor to come home with you because he was funny. He was doing, he was making you laugh. He was doing funny shit. Well, yes, but the kid also don't piss off his, his old man. But it's going to make his old man give him more attention. Sure, you know that he so. It's egging the father on. It's egging the father on to get to talk to him, to give him some attention instead of just passing him off to somebody else. Right. Because watching this back, you know, I watched it. This was on all the time when I was a kid. It was on HBO. I remember it. Uh, But, you know, I always just knew it was a funny movie. And, you know, I liked the acting and like Richard Pryor and stuff. But um, this I think this might have been the first time that I've seen it in like you know 15 20 years when i watched it the other day there is a lot of racial things in it though you know like in the store when the first time the first time when you uh are like buying richard um if you notice there's a confederate flag raft up on the wall in the back and there's also a confederate flag in uh us's office in jackie's office you know what now i gotta watch that again i that (laughs) part that i didn't look for yeah. You know, it's more the um they're having the the DK rally at the house, you know, and, and the anti KKK show up and it's Richard's girlfriend. You right. know, shows up and all of that. And you know, you have the Grand Wizard is there and all this, and it's just the fat guy who did the catering for us, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> that was is- the only part, like still I don't I I couldn't I smoke a lot of pot, so like I couldn't put all this together. Was he was Jackie Gleason was the U.S. in the dad or in the movie? Was he blackmailing someone? Like, why was he having that rally for the Senate? Why did he want the senator and the KKK guy to pose together? Was was he blackmailing? Of course, someone I mean, it's never explained because it's only a blip. Yeah. But you kind of got to think, yeah, he's trying to get some. So he has leverage on somebody for business wise. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, another, another great thing about this movie that uh, I think a lot of people overlook is Wilfred Hyde white, the Butler in this movie. Um, yes. I went back through his IMDb. Holy shit. Like he started acting in the thirties. This was actually mm-hmm. his second to last movie. And like his, his whole story, like he was in the U S for tax evasion, uh, all like, it's a, an amazing story. Um, what can you tell us about working with him? Do you have any good stories about him? He's just a lovely man. You know, just, just a darling, you know. Um, I mean, we didn't go out to the movies and we didn't really have too many dinners together, you know. 
uh, the nice part was getting to meet his son, Alex Hyde White. He actually in the film in that the the uh, the, the party scene uh, where Gleason yells, "Photographer, you take a picture of us." The photographer is actually Alex Hyde White, who was Wilfred's son. <laughs> nice. you know, and for those for those who are watching this, Alex also uh, had a little role in a movie called Pretty Woman with uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. He plays the buddy at the uh, the polo game that's talking to Julia Roberts. That's Alex Hyde White, and he did he's done a bunch of other things from the Fantastic Four movie that never got seen to all kinds of other shows, you know. And uh, but Wilfred was just a nice man. You know, very, very kind to my family. Very nice. You know, so it, it was. It was just fun to work with him. You know, just, just an old. He English seemed guy. like the. He seemed like the type of guy. Like he probably actually did have alcohol in that drink that he was walking around with constantly. Now, now, very professional. When you're uh, around for the end, you know, at that point, what was it, fifty years or something? He was already in show business. Yeah. You know, most of them they didn't really do all that. You know, to say after shooting, I'm sure, but sure. not during. <laughs> so uh, a couple other things, just uh, quick things about the toy. When you were driving around the car with Richard, like throughout the, you know, through the mansion and the hallways and stuff, mm-hmm. was that, that was really you driving and, and with Richard in the car? Uh, me driving, but not in the mansion. We were actually uh, on the soundstage that they had built. Oh. They had built that hallway. And the uh, circular drop, circular uh, circular uh, staircase down. Nice. So we weren't in the house doing that. Okay. Could okay. you imagine? But but you actually did it. Like wasn't a stunt kid, right? Uh, there are parts of the going down the staircase where they shot some with me, and then they shot some with him because of the far shots okay. they they did with him. Um. But that's part of it where you where you see the car come down and coming straight toward the camera. And you can see me kind of going straight, straight. And then I kind of veered off. Yeah. And then I pulled the, the wheel back and ended up hitting the uh, the lunch tray cart. <laughs> dead, perfect, dead on. Yeah. it's a, If anyone is afraid of watching it because of, you know, they think it's racial or because it only has a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, do yourself a favor and go watch this movie scott you were not were you i mean you're a great actor and were a really great child actor you know the emotions and stuff that you show during that movie it's it's really good thank you i tried yeah man um you know, and listen, I got, I got a lot of help i got a lot of help from richard Pryor. there was no question he sure. really helped me and then uh we were about two and a half or three months in uh two Two and a half months, uh, got sick. Uh, he went in the hospital with exhaustion. And, you know, and I mean, I had talked to Gleason enough at that point, you know, and uh, he gave me pointers and Gleason and Pryor. I mean, they both really helped, but Pryor more so that yeah. helped me uh, just kind of let go the asshole place of the kid character and just be a putz, which was great. <laughs> I, I, there were several parts of the movie like it still holds up. I laughed out loud quite a few times, uh, especially when uh, 
Gleason when Richard jumps in the pool to save Gleason at the end and Gleason, you son of a bitch underwater. <laughs> like that shit is just so funny, man. There was some funny stuff. Listen, it's a comedy. You're not going to recreate the wheel. You know, you just want to entertain people. You, you, any good film, I don't care if it's a comedy, a drama, a mute, whatever it is, musical, doesn't matter. If you move people emotionally one way or the other, you make them cry, you make them laugh. That is the job of a filmmaker. Entertain me. Uh, uh, get my blood going. Top Gun Maverick. Every time that the planes are going overhead and all of that. Okay, fine. You know, I mean, the new one moved emotionally. You know, if you're a fan of the old one, the new one is an automatic. It's no problem. The minute you see, you know, Val Kilmer and him and what, and, you know, I'm sitting in the theater crying because I'm a in it, you know. So that's what entertainment is supposed to be. You know, the new Elvis film, I watched it again for the, I don't even know, 12th time already or whatever, you know. Um, the kid's great. His performance yeah. is very moving. Now, I haven't seen The Whale yet. Uh, I'm glad he won. I'm glad he won. Great. But I mean, now there's backlash from people going, oh, well, you know, how could they vote for Brendan Fraser? All he's doing, he's wearing a fat suit. And he sh- and people, if you, if you want to have somebody who's fat in a movie, hire somebody who's fat for a movie. I'm going, this is show business. Yeah. This is movie. This is make believe. What are you kidding? Right. You know, Stop hey, taking life so serious. Hey, it's, um, so how do you feel about Tom Hanks's performance in that movie? Because it's uh, really the what? first kind of thing they did with the Colonel perspective. You know, I liked him in it. You know, I, I enjoy um, his performance in that. Well, I'm not a fan of the Colonels, you mm-hmm. know, what he did, he was, the scumbag. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. That's what he was. Yeah. But, you know, Hanks did a good job because you have to understand the complex complexity of who the colonel was, what he did, how he did it, why he did it. You know, I, I enjoyed him to sleep. You know, not the fact that the kid didn't win. Okay. That's the statue you put in the house and that's great, but He's very, very young. He'll have many more shots at this. You oh, know, yeah. and from what I understand, Brendan Fraser was just incredible. Okay. You know. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either, but I heard. I don't, I heard I don't know anybody who's seen The Whale, but I know everybody I know has seen the uh, the Elvis movie. So Exactly. That's that's the point, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, it, it again, it shows the icon-ish thing that has occurred that has been dead for 45 years. And they yep. make a movie and you got 15 and 20-year-olds going to this thing. Yep. Yes, they want to see Austin Butler. They're fans of Austin Butler. Okay, fine. But they all know who Elvis Presley is. They all know Elvis. Their parents, their grandparents, whatever the case may be. But it's creating another generation of fans of a guy who's already been gone for 45 years to show you how incredible he is or was, however yep. you want to, you know, you know, he's the biggest selling single artist in the history of the music industry. He's still going yeah. for 45 years and he still <laughs> sells everybody. Yeah. You know, you're going to have 
you know, Beyonce and you're going to have, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, okay, well, nope. It's still Elvis. Elvis and Sinatra were the two biggest, two, two, Jackson, Prince. I think I had uh, uh, Beyonce. Those are like your five monsters that are still sell, you know. Scott, you're always listed as a former child star. How does that make you feel? You're, I mean, you're, you're still actively acting. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell people I'm, I'm still an actor. Like I'm not a former child actor. I'm still an actor. Well, anybody who starts off in the industry is a former child, former child actor, but they could also say, you know, still in the business, still in the industry, still working all these years later. And I, I don't even know if the stigma is the right word. It's just something that they just say, and it is what it is. There's no way to get around it. Sure. You know, Tom Cruise, former teen actor. No, they just say Tom Cruise, actor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, let's talk about Christmas Story a little bit. So uh, A Christmas Story Christmas, the new new one, just came out uh, November. I imagine that... You know, being that you were in the first one 39 years ago, you just got a phone call and they called you up, fly, fly on over here and uh, film oh, your listen, role. I, I That would have been wonderful. Not exactly. <laughs> I actually found out that they were they're doing something. You know, uh, the person that called me didn't know exactly what was going on, but they said that there was going to be a new Christmas story movie being made. So uh, I sent a text to Peter Billingsley, Ralph. I said, hey, what, you know, I hear blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, I'll call you later. All right. <laughs> he called me later that, you know, called me later that night. And he's like, listen, you know, um, the role of Flick is there. If you want to do it, you got to audition. I said, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, there was a very wise man told me a long time ago, ego is a waste of time and just a bunch of BS. And that was Richard Pryor. And so when Peter says to me, you know, you've got to audition to play Flick again. All right. Now, it's not it's not that he doesn't know me. It's the powers that be. Sure. They don't know if I've gained 50 pounds or 100 pounds. They just want to see if you still got the chops and you can bring it. Okay, fine. You know, so I did a video audition at a friend of mine's house and uh, sent it in. And the director told me he watched uh, my slate, which is your introduction. You say, hi, Scott Schwartz. I'm auditioning for the role of Flick. Okay, fine. And then you sit down. He goes, I watched about 15 seconds of your reading, and I stopped, and I said, it's still him. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so I mean, literally, you know, even though you send in a two, three-minute scene or a couple scenes, whatever, it doesn't, you know. So I guess I'm still me, which is fine, <laughs> which worked, you know. And uh, yeah. I mean, we so all had to do it from from – Scott Farkas to Randy to me to Schwartz. I mean, you know, we all had to send in auditions. It's hysterical, you know. But. Damn. So the the house was still the same, right? That was still was that still filmed in Cleveland there at the at the house? No, we did the new movie in this little town called Sofia, Bulgaria. We <laughs> shot in the house. In, we shot in Eastern Europe. The 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 house was rebuilt. The exterior of the house was rebuilt on the back lot in Bulgaria, and the interior was in a soundstage in Bulgaria. 
I know I, I remember texting you and you were like, I'm in Bulgaria right now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. damn, I did so I mean they did a great job then with the with the house and, and everything. It Fantastic looks- job. Fantastic job. You know, the uh the production designer uh was a a monster fan of To Kill a Mockingbird because To Kill a Mockingbird, they created this town, you know, and for 40 years, he's been in the industry and he wanted that one job where he could create the town. Mm-hmm. The director knew him and when they uh, got, and he got the job and whatever, and he said, to the guy, okay, you wanted your dream job. I'm giving it to you. You have to recreate Cleveland Christmas story, Higby's the house, you know, all of that. You've got to build Flick's Tavern and, you know, all the things that people did see in the first one. They've got to redo it in a new one, you know, and uh, great job. Damn. Yeah, he did a great job because even even driving like I've been to the, the, the Christmas story house a few times in Cleveland. I, I text you from there one time. I took a picture of you on the wall. You're like, yeah, cool. Great. I lived it. <laughs> um, but driving down that street, I was even looking across the, the street. I'm like, damn, man, they did a great job with the, even the street and everything outside. Shit, Casey, I live in Cleveland and I think they did a great job of recreating it. They just left out all the, you know, homeless people and all the beggars and the, uh, if you know, if you're, you're there in Cleveland now, right? Yeah. If you'd have called me, I'd have put them on a fucking plane and sent them to Bulgaria for you to have them in the movie. Trust me. (laughs) I was just over there two months ago and I'm going to see if you agree with me. You may not, but I think you will. If you think of Christmas story, Higby's, you know, Vintage, old, okay, fine. Now you see Higby's today is not Higby's, it's Jack's Casino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, especially during the holidays, November, December, whatever, if you think about it, Christmas Story was 83, and now it's all these years later. Backature was 85, but then in the reverse, Back to the Future Part 2, when they changed the timeline... And it's got the casino with the buffet and the whole thing. That's what I think of when I see the new the the, the 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 casino there and everything. I think of back to part two and it's just turned into this whole other, you know, uh sense of reality when you go, No, that's not it. That's not it. This, something's gotta be wrong here, you know. It it does look quite different, yeah. But yeah, being from Cleveland, like that movie is is basically like a religious experience around Christmas because it's, it's so tied to our city. Uh, I watch it every year. When this one came out, like you were talking about going to the theater and actually getting a little teary eyed, that's how it felt going into this one. Like you start seeing all the characters again and you're like, man, this feels like walking right back into the early 80s. There was, but there were, not really, you know, yeah, but there were different ways that they could have done this. And, um, uh, there were things that were in the script that were taken out of the script. There were things that were, you know, not in the script, put in the script, that kind of stuff. But uh, one of the good things that as a group, we all kind of wanted to see and understand was sort of a tribute to the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about the old man and you've got to do things that touch people again. Good movies move people emotionally, you know, 
So we have no Darren McGavin. We have, you know, uh, we have uh, Julie Hayes doing, you know, the mom, not Melinda Dillon, but that was fun. I thought she was wonderful. But it's so wonderful when, you know, Ralphie finds out the father has passed and he's got to go and he goes home and you see all the pictures and you see everything and you start feeling all of that emotion about, you know, having the love and care for the first one. And the bit parts through the film, you know, Schwartz and I are having the argument at the bar and then you see it goes to the flagpole when it's me and him going out of the game. And, you know, you realize, you know, friends who are friends forever will have that, whether they're 12 or they're 42, it don't matter. You know, we, we you go at it and it's like, you guys haven't changed to date. Congratulations. <laughs> you know. Um, quick, a uh, couple questions about it. So who's in the picture with you above the bar uh, in the, in that movie? It's just a glancing as it's going past you dead center up at the top. Yeah. It's, it's me and Teddy Moore, me shields. <laughs> okay. It would, uh, yes. Uh, there, there were several pictures that I gave them uh, to put in the bar because there were things that were establishing that are not established. And with, of course, no Miss Shields in this one, uh, I said, but, you know, I, I'm, I got to do that. I got to put her in somewhere. You know, I absolutely, I adore Teddy, the, the, the you know, the woman who played Miss Shields. Yeah. She lives in Toronto and I just saw her on Thursday yesterday. We went. Yeah, I just saw, I saw your picture on Facebook. We had a little cup of a spot of tea we had, and it was wonderful. <laughs> um, actually, we had lunch on uh, uh, Thursday. Yesterday, we just had spot of tea. But um, I wanted her somehow to be a part of this in some way, and so I had some pictures and whatever. And they said, "Well, yeah, let's put them at the bar." And okay, fine. And uh, yeah, put her dead center, me and her. And <laughs> cool. uh, and there's um, I'm wearing an orange shirt, and there's a photo. Behind behind me at the bar that's right next to the right below the tabs or whatever it is and that's actually me and my mom you know we never established flick's mother we never hear from flick's mother we know nothing so it was totally open season and i'm like you know uh my mom has never really uh been a part of my showbiz life you know she drove me very 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 rarely in for auditions just because of her job you know, she was a corporate nine to five and um, I wanted to somehow again, get her in this and in the bar, the photo is there and okay, fine. Literally the point where I'm telling the director, I'm telling Clay, listen, I want you to shoot me this way so you can see this picture and all of that, you know? So when, of course he had, he goes, don't worry. He's right there. Don't, it's fine. So I brought my mom to one of the previous screenings that we had and mom's like, um, I know that picture. <laughs> I said, yeah, I got you in the movie. Very cool. Very cool. So this is, they're calling this the official sequel to a Christmas story that, you know, the original one that you were in. Um, but there were three other movies made. I was just looking this up today. One of them was a direct Bob Clark sequel called my summer story. Mm-hmm. Were you ever invited back? to to be in any of the other ones or did you ever audition for any of the other ones no none of us were none of us were because it was not even asked uh my summer story i think it's like supposed to be the summer before so it's ralph the younger i think 
I think it's the summer after. Summer after, but Kieran Culkin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because we were getting older, you know, at that point. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, So they made made it uh, that way. And then they did Christmas Story 2 with Daniel Stern. And what? nope, that wasn't any of us. You know, and they did... um, was the other one with the uh, uh, the other one was the other one i thought was really odd it was called ollie Hopnoddle's haven of bliss and yeah, no, like but that that was uh also written by gene shepherd and it was uh it was based on a 1968 short by shepherd uh it follows the parker family as they travel to michigan uh, to a camp yeah no i mean realistically I don't even think Bob wanted to make the other one. He offered him a bunch of money, and he's like, hey, this is what I do for a living. Okay, fine. But, I mean, the true sequel is us. Yeah. You know. It's it's when, really when good. Like Ray said, like I did – I shed a tear at some parts. There's there, It's so nostalgic, you know, just like – it's like, damn, there's that. There's that. Oh, there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we wanted. We wanted it to – pay tribute and being a stick and all of that. I mean, we had discussions of, uh, with the writers and, you know, with the writer and, you know, there were, there were things that were not in the film that literally, when I tell you they had to be in the movie, they had to be in the film. And he was sort of pushing back, back on me. He's like, you know, I mean, this is a different film. You know, we want to make it a different film. We don't want to rely on the first one entirely. And, you know, whatever. And there were other things that he said, and I mean, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm like, the guy's not getting this. And I, I, we, we, I mean, we're having a meeting, and we were all there. And, and he said something, and I said, listen, you know, you're a nice guy, you know, whatever, you know, but why are we here? We're here realistically for two reasons. Number one, the first Christmas story is part of Americana. You know, it's now a you know, in the Library of Congress, and it's considered one of the best two or three Christmas films ever made. That's number one. Number two is because of Cobra Kai. Because Cobra Kai proved that an old property could be re-brought back with the original guys, and if done right, be fantastic. It's true. And of course, you know, and I'm, I I love Cobra Kai. I just, I've loved every oh, season yeah. of it. And I'm thrilled. Show. And I, I know all the guys in it and I'm thrilled for all of them. You know, it's yeah. fantastic. But I said, this is a property that Warner Brothers had that, again, we had to audition for these roles because they want to see if we still had it. Sure. You know, and that's part <laughs> of the process. The characters still have to be believable as who they are. Yeah. You know, and we've lived these guys guys for all these decades even though we've all done other things you know we we either see it watch it have screenings you know for appearances or whatever it is and we're talking about it discussing it um you know so you kind of you kind of got to talk to people sometimes into understanding and realizing you you know you can make a movie and whatever or you can make a movie that people are not going to forget because it's part of the love that they have for the first one yeah so it can just meld into this one and of course i mean i hear what's going on already they're gonna do a you know new the double pack the you know the original cast christmas story 40th anniversary blah 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 whatever you know 
It's coming. Don't worry. You know, they got to make money. That's what they do. Well, speaking of making money, is there any chance that we can get a spinoff about the bar? Where you're the main character and it's about the bar where you are. Uh, Um... At this moment, I have no idea, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I've talked to Peter a whole bunch and, you know, it's, it's nothing concrete is being talked about developmental wise, but there are things that, hey, you know, maybe we could, maybe we can, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll be, you know, sometime in 20, are we in 23 still? Yeah. yeah. It'll be sometime <laughs> in 2024 if something gets put on calendar. You know, but, you know, with this being the 40th, they're, they're sort of just leaving it as it is with uh, Christmas Story Christmas. And then we'll see where it goes, because there are it's great because there are other stories and, and characters to 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 develop. You know, kind of Cobra Kai, it's kind of that same thing. You know, we got yeah. these characters, okay, we got Daniel LaRusso and we got, you know, Lawrence. Then who's their family? What do they do? How's it going on? You right. know. So, you know, and, and now with Ralphie getting the job at the newspaper, he's home. So he he's back home and he's in the East Flick is there. Schwartz is there. Randy's, you know, actually Randy travels the world. Um, but Scott Farkas, the bully is there and Flick's Tavern is there. And I mean, uh, uh, the, the 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 new character that they did, um, Larry, you know, the guy <laughs> at the bar who. You know, just does anything to not go home to his family. And he sits in the bar, you know, uh, he was just, we didn't know this man. We had no idea what he could do or any. And I mean, he just tore us to pieces. We were just cracking up, man. We fell in love with this guy, Henry Miller. He's from the United Kingdom. And he was just wonderful. Yeah, would good. love to bring him back in a situational <laughs> thing, you know, with us again, you know, Oh yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I could see a Netflix show or something, Flix Tavern. Uh-huh. That would be great. I, I thought it because you were talking about, you know, fleshing out with like the pictures on the wall and what you were thinking about the backstory. That's what made me think of it would be a really cool idea. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, it's great to do it as a part of Ralphie. He's home, he's this, he's got the family, okay, fine, whatever. But he does sees Flick on the street, goes to the you know, he'll go to the bar, you know, and Maybe mm-hmm. they're having a um, uh, uh, a reunion of some kind, you know, of a home in high school, and they have nowhere to hold it, you know, because they don't have any money. But you know what? They can have it at Flick's Tavern, yeah. you know, and you, maybe you could have something because we don't know. We, we, we have no idea if Flick is married. We have no idea if Flick has kids, you know. So, I mean, you go anywhere with that, you know, which yep. to me is hysterical. You know, because I'm I'm always one of those guys that go, all right, listen, so you have to think of who the guy is. So he's, you know, low five foot, you know, whatever. He's got the belly. He's the bartender, whatever. Okay, fine. But think about those guys in the 70s. They were bikers. They were, yeah. you know, all the – and what did their girlfriends look like? You know, they were either butchy, either butchy or they were smoking hot. <laughs> One or the other. It's like, you know, and then you've got to develop who that person is, you know. Yeah. So many ways you can go with the characters. Oh, yeah. I love Scott Hell Farkas yeah. being the cop. That, to me, was just uh, I, the lure. That was the brilliant. movie. 
the movie was just all around brilliant. It was re- it was done very very well. Um, Zach, uh, so- Zach Ward who plays Scott Farkas. Okay. Yes. So they kind of had written some dialogue for him that was not exactly what you ended up seeing on camera. And Zach is very creative. Zach is an ultra intense, ultra intelligent man. And he pulled the writer aside. He goes, listen, man, can you go with me on this? You know. And the guy was kind of man eh, back and forth, you know. Whatever. At the end of the day, though, Zach killed it. I mean, he just nails it, man. And I mean, you know, we uh, you know, we saw the previews and all, you know, from preview screening and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, he killed it. The second he comes on camera, people don't. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I know Ray uh, Ray has some things to talk to you about uh, here. And we have a new uh, segment that we have. And we also have a little game here between uh, you and Ray. I just have one more question. Do you still have a beef with Feldman? And is the challenge, is the open challenge still open? Oh, it'll be open until neither one of us are. He said, just schmuck. 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 All right. All right, Ray. Go ahead, buddy. I know you have some. Listen, listen, if he he had the balls God gave him, you know, he would answer the challenge, but he has no balls. (laughs) He has no heart. He really doesn't. He's, you know, he's just a a pathetic human being, you know. Mm -hmm. And trust, if he got in a ring with me, he'd be in an extreme world of hurt. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting well, the other night and I'm thinking, hang on, I'm thinking about all the people that Jerry Lawler created and helped along in their careers and what he did. Yeah. yeah. I would be next. I would go spend three, four, five weeks at Lawler's house <laughs> and just get there. If... <laughs> yes. I would love to see it, man. <laughs> But you aren't the only one, trust me. There'd be a shitload of people wanting front row seats to that. Okay, All Mr. Right. Lee, then let's rock. All right. In 1986, you were in a movie called Raiders of the Living Dead. Yes, sir. Do you think if they'd have spent more than 12 fucking dollars on that movie, that it would have been good? So it's a good question. You see, the the... Producer director Sam Sherman from Independent International had no money to begin with. Right. Okay. He bought 45 minutes of zombie footage and wrote the movie around the zombie footage that he had. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was he was a uh, a drive-in movie guy. That's what he made. He made drive-in pictures in the late 60s, 70s. You know, and, and up from there. And I know since I was a kid, and he's like, one of these days I'm going to put you in one of my movies. Because then, of course, you know, I started doing TV and Broadway and films and stuff. And I knew him since I'm six years old, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, and getting in the cast, they got to work for almost nothing. Zita yeah. Johansson, you know, who's in like The Bride of Frankenstein. It's like, what? You know, and Bob Allen, the Western guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she was in uh, what was it, Curse of the Mummy? I mean, like uh, the she, Mummy, I'm the Curse, right, right, okay. He goes way back. Oh, in the 30s, early 30s, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the girl that played the girlfriend. Uh, her name's Corey Burt. You know, I always say her name because she's still my buddy to this day. We we're still friends. Um, she was just a kid from Jersey. You know that that 
her mother said, yeah, why don't you do this? You know, she liked doing theater and all that stuff and got, you know, somehow find out this thing was going to be made or whatever. Open call and she got it. Okay, great. I mean, it was thrown together, but the poster is great. And the, and the song is great. The rest of it, whatever. Now, I don't know if Casey's ever seen this one, but uh, Scott's character takes apart a laser disc player and it becomes a laser gun, basically. To kill the zombies. To kill zombies. <laughs> Which leads me to the next question is, instead of remaking like big budget movies, why doesn't Hollywood remake stuff like that that deserves to be remade with a bigger budget. They have much of an imagination. If it's something that uh, box office wise, if it made money, then they'll do a sequel. They'll do with this. They'll make a reboot and all that kind of stuff. If it's something that's middle of the road or a BC class film, they won't even bother, you know, and that's actually funny. Cause even though it's kind of in pieces because it ended up in a storage box at the director's house, uh, he actually gave me the laser gun. Oh so yeah, I actually have it. Yes, I have it in my oh, closet and in my kitchen. That's yeah. awesome. I got to put is- it back together again. All right, now I don't want to step on your toes here, Casey. So you got to ask the question or do the thing oh. or whatever it is oh. the hell you got figured my out real, there. For, okay, for my real question. Yes. All right. So Scott, were you a fan of the Beastmaster growing up? Oh, come on, of course, Mark Singer, John Amos, you know, Rip Torn. Oh, absolutely. Right. Tanya so, Roberts. Yeah. So doing, yeah, yeah. Tanya <laughs> yeah. Roberts. So doing this podcast, I've become friends with Mark now uh, uh, over the last couple of years. Great. And awesome guy. And I was, he's very interested in um, our, like helping us, you know, get better and stuff. So I was showing him our YouTube channel and he said, what does the best for your YouTube channel? And I was showing him the the reels and the shorts, you know, the the very short uh, segments. They're only like a minute long. And I've been getting like thousands of views posting these things. But it's like me at a wrestling event screaming at Jay Lethal or like these strong men lifting like big cinder blocks up on the platforms. And I'm showing Mark this, and he goes, okay, but what does this have to do with your podcast? And I said, nothing, but it's bringing views to our channel. And he goes, okay, but he goes, we need to think of something better that is going to bring people to your channel because of your podcast, not because of wrestlers and strongmen. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. He goes, give me a couple days to think about it. So. I watch him leave. He backs out of his space next to me and drives away. And I'm playing with my phone, punching in my address for my next destination. And he knocks on my window and says, uh, what did you th- say these things are called again? I said, reels. He goes, okay. He goes, ask me the, the craziest question that you can think of. And like, I'm not good at that. So I go, uh, well, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And he goes, okay, that's why Ray is going to ask the questions and you're going to time it. And he goes, and they're called real questions. And he just walked away. And I was like, well, <laughs> so that's our new segment. Real yeah. questions. After Ray asks the question, you have 30 seconds to answer. Now, but to me, Mark <laughs> Singer's, I think best performance is if you can see what I hear. 
I've been trying to find that. Yeah, I've been trying to find that. I can't find it anywhere. Him and, him and Sherry, Sherry Belafonte Harper. Yeah, he, he tells a he great story about wonderful. that. Is that the story where he tells uh, Ray about the lady in the crowd, his mom crying? Is that that one or is that the... Mm, I don't remember which movie that was. Uh, Probably that, if he, he, he plays the blind, the blind uh, singer and... Yeah, okay. Composer. No, this is one where he played the uh, football player with leukemia. I can't think of the name of it. He he tells a story about how he's on stage telling this telling the story, uh, you know, giving the speech, and the actress in the audience is playing his mother, and she's supposed to cry, and she does it, and they're all like, "Brilliant, brilliant!" And she says, "No, no, no. It's not. It wasn't brilliant." She said, "Do it again." We'll we're doing it again. And he said, like, as soon as he said this one word, a tear came from her eye. And then they went through the, And she said, that was perfect. <laughs> That's good. All right. So go ahead. You, so you're going to ask me a question. I got 30 seconds. Yes. So in 1981, you made your Broadway debut, I believe, in Frankenstein. Yes. Okay. How is it right that Scott Schwartz has been using your name for 25 years to direct plays such as the uh, the Prince of Egypt? Good a director. If he's not in SAG, can use Scott Schwartz, but SAG, he would have to have a middle initial. Like there's a old professional wrestler, Scott L. Schwartz. Yes. I looked in, him up. In, uh, yeah. Ocean 11. And he's waiting for me to drop dead so he doesn't have to use the L anymore. Yeah, well, Scott Schwartz, the director, is not using his middle initial. Then he's not a member of the Actors Guild. You can have a Scott Schwartz in anything. There's realtors, there's accountants, they're yeah. all Scott Schwartzes. But you can only have one Scott Schwartz in Screen Actors Guild, and that's me. But you can have Scott L, A, B, C, D, whatever middle initial you want. So is that why a lot of people change their name then? Like, is that like why I, I'm... If they have a common name, whereas, you know, because of uh, showbiz's different uh, prejudices or whatever you want to call it back in the day, you know, I mean, Tony Curtis, you know, is one of the most famous ones. And his real name is Bernie Schwartz. <laughs> you know, I joked that he was my uncle Bernie, but he really wasn't. But OK. Uh, um, um, yeah. Tim Conway. Almost, really Tom Conway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, unless you had a very common name. Mel Brooks is Mel Brooks. Okay. All right. I know there's some ones that I'm thinking of, but like I said, I smoke a lot of weed. So but Richard um, all right. Richard Donner yeah. is is uh Richard Schwartzman. Oh really? Yep. So uh how come you never did any more Broadway? Seeing that uh Frankenstein was so successful and had that one day run. <laughs> that was a massive run. It was thirty days in the one day run. It just wasn't <laughs> What I ended up getting, I auditioned for other other roles, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, it ran one day, you know, we had the honor of being the biggest non-musical flop in the history of Broadway at that time. You know, but the reasons why the producers were using Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamboat. They had Mickey Rooney and Ann Miller in... Um, Oh my God, I can't think of the name of the show that they were doing at that time. Um, and there was another show that they had. They had three musicals that were making them a bloody fortune. So they didn't care. 
We didn't get great reviews and they just cut it off real quick and then they wanted to do it and then they couldn't. So what you're saying is they should have made it a musical and then they'd have had no problems. Oh man. Okay. No, no. The 50 foot high sets and have Diane Weist and John Glover, you know, and, and just some great character actors and, and, and it was very well put together. Just uh, the worst commercial in the history of television. I can actually do the commercial for you right now. So there was a hand that would come down like this and it would go like this. And then there was a lightning bolt and it said Frankenstein live at the palace. That was the whole commercial. <laughs> they didn't say who was gonna be <laughs> They didn't say who was gonna be in it or anything. Nothing. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Yes. Uh, he was playing uh William Frankenstein, the younger brother of Victor in the play. Which yes, I don't remember. Happened. I don't remember him having a brother in the original movie. Well, there is no brother in the movie. The book he has a Oh, that's right. You know, yes. he gets he it's based upon the book. And because in the film, Frankenstein doesn't talk, but on in the Broadway show, because it's based on the book, the monster spoke. And the reviewers hated that. They hated the fact that the monster could speak because they were used to Karloff. Right. No, that's not what it was. You know, the monster spoke. Does, um so that's so, does, so the monster speaks in the book? Yeah, yeah don't you don't you read? Monster yeah, spoke not. in the first in the show. And listen, I got killed every night at the Palace Theater. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got killed by Frankenstein every night. It was fantastic. <laughs> Very cool. All right, that's all. That's it. That's all I got. That was all my questions. Yeah. All right. So, a little backstory to this game. The first time you were on the show, Scott, I had another uh, host of the show, Bill. When he was still a part of the show, Ray was on another show. Ray came on to our show, played a game with Bill. We gave. We were going to give a big box of stuff away. That ended in a tie. And the big box of stuff is still sitting in my closet. So uh, I have 10 questions here, uh, five each. Scott, would you like to play for Deb Darty or Michael Ortiz? I'll play for Deb. All right. Ray, you're playing for Michael. Sorry, Michael. All right. <laughs> All right. And this is, uh, we actually have two questions here from uh, podcasts on our network. This first one is from Spoil My Movie. And let's start with uh, Scott. Robert Patrick played Agent John Doggett in The X-Files. Which movie robot is he better known for? And uh, there are, you get extra points here. Like, I'm just making this up as I go. You get extra points if you know the answer without me reading the multiple choice questions. You don't need to read anything. Come on, dude. It's Terminator. Terminator 2. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Ray. This is from Take on the World. What was the best-selling toy of 1983? And it wasn't Richard Pryor. <laughs> uh, let's see. 1983. I'm going to go with the Cabbage Patch doll. Ding, ding, ding. You got okay. it, buddy. Pretty good. All right, uh, let's see. Number three. Now, these are all questions that I came up with uh, this afternoon. 
where were the 1980 Olympic Games held? In, in traffic hell in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's uh, Lake Placid. Well, it depends. Are we doing Because that'd be the Winter Olympics was Lake Placid. Summer These Olympics just, in Los Angeles. No, I have, Mon- I have Moscow, Russia. The Winter Olympics. At, really? Miracle on Ice? That's Lake Placid. Yeah. That's 1980. You didn't say Summer Olympics. You said Olympics. All right. I'll give it to you. I bet the next question is, where did I put my shampoo this afternoon? Come on, Casey. Hey, I I typed into Google the best pop culture trivia questions. And I was going to say L.A. That's what I was going to say for that one, too. The, so, the multiple is choice. LA, but the Winter Olympics right. was Lake Placid and 80. Miracle yeah. on Ice. Yep. I don't, are you sure it wasn't in Russia? That wasn't in Russia? Lake Placid. Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? Yes, it's Lake Placid. <laughs> How old are you? I think I'm older. I was born in 1980, okay? Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> Neither I was, was I. On television, dude. <laughs> Holy Christ. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't feel good, but it's all right. Okay, Casey, right. hit me with the question. Who won the 1987 Super Bowl? And I remember, I do have multiple choice questions. So if you don't know it, you know, you can say, what are the multiple choice answers? I'm going to say that would have been. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys. You know, you can ask for multiple choice. I I don't want to, though. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, obviously, Michael. Obviously, 85 is the Bears. Everybody knows that one. And then right. you have the the Cowboys 49ers dynasties begin after that. But 86, I think there was the uh, New York Giants. Oh, yeah, you got the Giants. Because it's the, it's the Phil Sims and Jeff Hostetler yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, 87. I want to say it's the 49ers because, and Cincinnati, I think. See, like now the, I'm thinking it might have been might have been the fucking Raiders. No, that's 83 <laughs> with John Madden. Come on, or 80 with John Madden. Yeah, but didn't he win it when they went to L.A. also? That's 83, I think. Is with that Marcus 83? Allen. That's Marcus Allen. Hmm. The 1987 Super Bowl, uh, the Giants, the New York Giants defeated the Broncos 39 to 20. Oh, it's, it's the Giants and the Broncos era. That's it. I can tell you who it wasn't, the Browns. <laughs> hey, you got Bernie right. Hang yes. in there. You, got, you had Bernie. We had Bernie. All right, Scott. Scott. Scott's winning. What toy sold 200 million units between 1980 and 1983? And I have multiple choice here. <laughs> 1980 to 1983. Well, that many units, it had to be something small. I'm going to say a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Bing, yep. bing, 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 bing. Killing it. All right, Ray. 
Yes. What <laughs> What woman became the first female vice president candidate on a major party ticket in 1984? That's uh what the fuck was her name? I know it. Uh I should I want to say oh, fuck. I give me the mul- Give me the multiple choice. Multiple choice. Sarah Palin, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, or Geraldine Ferraro? Geraldine, yeah. I couldn't remember her last name. That's what I kept thinking it was Geraldine Ford. (laughs) All right, Scott. The highest grossing film of the 90s. That's it? Multiple choice. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The grossest grossing film of the nineties. <laughs> uh, gotta be Titanic. Ding, 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 ding. Titanic, six hundred and fifty-nine million in the nineties, and which is crazy because it came out. That's just in, U.S. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it only came out in ninety-seven. So for you it know, ran for a year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It in it's the made for a year. Yeah, it's made two point two billion dollars over its uh, entire run. You might not know this, Casey, but when you rented that, it was two VHS tapes. Yeah, I so do not remember only, that. Not only did I have to sit through one tape, I had to sit through <laughs> two tapes to see that whole movie. I do remember that. All right. Ray, I believe you are up. I think I lost. Uh, I'll still answer your question, sir. All right. Well, no, you still have a chance here. I might have forgot to write a number down here. If I pass out, you got. Don't worry. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who was Marvel's first superhero? In, In a movie or a comics? Ever. In a comics. Ever. Their first superhero. Huh. I would say Captain America. You would be wrong. <laughs> it was the Human Torch. Ah, oh, damn it! And it was it was like six or seven years after uh, DC came out with uh, theirs. All right, Scott, longest running number one single of nineteen eighty three. Oh my god! You've been you've been on a run here without any multiple choice up. Uh, yeah, I answers. know. He's 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 murdering eighty three. I feel like somebody snuck up on me with a fucking shovel and started hitting me in the back of the head. This guy's murdering me. You know what? I I want to keep my streak going. I want to say it's eighty three. It's got to be Michael Jackson. So it's either Beat It or Billy Jean. It's one or the other. It has to be. Damn it! Nope. Oh, really? No. Is it it hungry like the wolf? (laughs) Nope. Duran Duran. Yeah. Every breath you take by the police. Ah, it was okay. number that one was, for eight weeks. That was a big song back then. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Ray. One more. Right, I left the door. I left the door open for a tie. Go ahead. All right. Let me <laughs> tie this thing up and keep that shit in his closet for a while. Tie, tie it up and keep it in my closet for another fifty episodes. Yep. All right. What year did the Iron Sheik beat Bob Backlund to win the WWF title? 
Let's see. Sheik is early 80s. I'm going to go with 81. Uh, Scott, I know you know this. <laughs> well, he loses to Hogan in 83, so it's got to be 82. Or 83, because not... I think he only had it a month, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yep, 83. Bing, bing, bing. Mm. He had it a month. He only had the yep. belt for a month. Yeah, yeah he was the, the transitional champion. You know, I do enjoy following the Sheik on Facebook and stuff because his comments <laughs> are just hilarious. <laughs> before Talk we wrap it up, with, Scott. I'm a guy with no filter. <laughs> yeah, before we wrap Talk it up. A guy with no filter. He's a loaded. He's a maniac. Yeah, he is. I don't know and, how his account stays active. <laughs> any, uh, before we wrap up, Scott, and before your plugs, any Iron Sheik stories? <laughs> uh, well, how? Having him put me in the Cobra Clutch was always hysterical. <laughs> you know, that was great. Um, just just watching him. They, they, I was there for the roast of Bob Backlund, and she gets up there. Now, there's kids in the audience. <laughs> well, that was a bad choice because she goes on this 15-minute tirade of insanity, dropping every F-bomb he could possibly do and every curse word that a 10-year-old, 12-year-old should never hear. And it, <laughs> it was a rip-roaring riot to watch this guy because he just lets it go, you know. You know, you're number one, you suck, Bob, you go to the, you, you chew on my dick. I mean, you know, and it's just like, oh, my yeah. God, what are you doing? Yeah. You fucking jabroni. I break your back, make you humble. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone except Hulk Hogan. Fuck that jabroni. <laughs> that's the kind of post I'm reading. I'm like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Scott, thank you so much, man, for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, thank you're you welcome. I'm glad first. to be back for number 100. We appreciate it, man. Tell everyone where they can find you, brother. Uh, Scott Schwartz. Actor on Facebook. That's pretty much the only one that, that's for the you know the fans and stuff like that. You know, uh, or you can go to uh, uh, Christmas Story Family on Facebook, and we have a site there for you know fans of the film, and it's got a bunch of us guys on it. Awesome man, thank you, dude. Talk you to you. Have a great night, guys. Good to see you, Mister Cleveland. Stay well, brother. Thank you, sir. You do the same. You got it. <laughs>